Welcome to Weekly Grooves. My name is Tim Houlihan. And I'm Kurt Nelson. Each week, Weekly Grooves picks a current article or news topic, and we examine it through a behavioral science lens. We dig in deep to help you understand the psychology behind the headline. Yeah, the specific topic is current, but we like to think that the insights are timeless. Well, this week, the topic is definitely timely. (laughs) Yes, it is. Timely and informative. Or... Should I say misinformative? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So authors Cheryl Gay Stolberg and Noah Weiland of the New York Times wrote an article titled, Study Finds Single Largest Driver of Corona Coronavirus Misinformation, Trump. The article looked at research from the Cornell Alliance for Science, where they analyzed over 38 million articles from around the world on the pandemic, and they found that mentions of Trump made up nearly 38% of the overall misinformation conversation, making the president the largest driver of what they call the infodemic. Wow. The study found that of the 38 million articles on the pandemic, 1.1 million of them, quote, disseminated, amplified, or reported on information related to the pandemic, close quote. The study found 11 topics of misinformation that were prevalent in these articles, you know, ranging from the pandemic being a hoax facilitated by the Democrats to the virus being a deep state or a bioweapon of China, and to the most common one, as you might imagine, miracle cures. Mm. The study itself, quantifying sources and themes of the COVID-19 infodemic, the lead author, Professor Sarah Evanja of Cornell, was quoted as saying, the president of the United States was the single largest driver of misinformation around COVID. Yeah. So what's the behavioral bent on this? All right. So there's a number of different behavior angles that we could take. And I think we'll take three of them, right? The first being the psychology of misinformation. Why do people believe some of these conspiracy theories in the first place? Some of them are pretty outlandish, right? So why do they believe those? Second, I think we can talk about the messenger effect. The idea that the president of the US of A is the one who is propagating this misinformation and the impact that his message has. And finally, we could talk about the psychology behind why Donald Trump is doing this. Is it just based on his intuitive nature or is there some potentially a larger strategy or some nefarious reason behind this? Does that sound good, Tim? Yeah, actually, that, sound, that sounds great to me. So, so let's start with some of the psychology of conspiracy theories, Kurt. All right. So let's just let's define uh, conspiracy theory. So yep. uh, uh, Gortzel in 1994 uh, gave this definition. It says, explanations for important events that involve secret plots by powerful and malicious groups. So this idea that there are these important events, i.e. coronavirus, that are involved in secret plots or various different things. And when we think about that, we actually, on our sister podcast, Behavioral Grooves, we interviewed Eric Oliver, who talked and does a lot of research on conspiracy theories. And with that, he said one of the main things about conspiracy theories is this concept of magical thinking. Do you want to explain that to listeners? 
Yeah, magical thinking, I think, is fantastic uh, in, in the way that Eric Oliver talks about it. And he wraps it into, into intuitive thinking a, as well. But it's really when we draw on our emotions, our intuitive view of the world is the predominant way that we process our worldview, rather than the opposing uh, approach would be to be more rational, to sort of think through the the logic of something or the rational arguments behind something. Yeah. And I think one of the best examples he gave is he talked about his son who was scared of the monsters in the closet. And so he went in and sat with him, kind of explained to him all of these things, why there isn't a monster in the closet. And his, and his son said, I think one of the best things in the world, which kind of highlights this, which is he said, he said, dad, if there is no monster in the closet, then why am I still scared? Yeah. And that comes into the whole concept around COVID and everything that people are going, right? COVID is scary. It's uncertain. It is a, a novel virus that we've never experienced before. So there's a lot of uncertainty and that uncertainty uh, drives magical thinking and uh, really pushes people into some of that intuitive uh, rationalization uh, or, or taking their intuitive thoughts and not necessarily rationalizing them. Right. And there's a lot of research to support that when people feel stressed or anxious, and especially when they feel powerless, conspiracy theories are kind of an easy go-to because they're based on, as, as you said earlier, this secret plots of powerful and malicious groups, right? So bad things are happening in part because there's somebody out there controlling it. And that's why, that's a great, that's a great and easy explanation for why I'm feeling anxious or powerless. Right. And this idea, too, of, you know, around miracle cures, it, it now you're satisfying or you're you're alleviating some of that scariness because, oh, well, this will be fine because now there is a miracle cure and I don't have to feel as anxious about it anymore. <laughs> and I, I, I just have to put a UV light up my butt and I will be fine. Or <laughs> well, I just find it so ironic that that the with the magical thinking of how, why it's there, you need some kind of a magic potion to get rid of it. <laughs> okay. So we covered conspiracy theories ad right. nauseum a little bit here. So now let's take a look at the messenger effect and how the president of the United States of America has a pretty big pulpit from which to spread some disinformation. Yeah. So the messenger effect has been studied widely. Our buddies, Steve Martin and Joe Marks, have a book on this very topic, on the messenger effect, and we think that it's really great. But they but they said that the definition is, when it comes to messages designed to influence attitudes and change behaviors, the entity delivering those messages, the messenger, can be as important or sometimes more than the substance of the message itself. Right. So, so this concept of who is telling the message is important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they talked about some of the key factors around that, which include socioeconomic position, dominance, charisma. And you look at this and you look at Donald Trump. He is the president of the United States of America. He is a so-called billionaire. Take that or not take that. And, you know, he does have a sense of charisma for those core followers of yep. him. And so what he says is going to be believed, particularly by the core group of diehard supporters who take his word as gospel. Yeah, uh, and this whole idea of of uh, having a large group of people that are, that already uh, believe in him, not just uh, the direct followers, but he's got Fox News and uh, you know all kinds of organizations that are hugely in support of of what his messages are, continue to amplify. 
what he's got. So the message and the messenger get bigger and bigger and bigger. And one of the things that he has done too is that he has inoculated these followers to a certain degree um, by saying that other sources of news uh, are fake news. And so that what he says is the truth or his the pulpits that re-amplify that are the truth and anything else is fake. So you're really even insulating those people from other perspectives and other points of view that may get them to question some of those beliefs or statements that he says, because he's saying, you can't trust them. That's all fake. Uh, I'm the only one that you can trust. And here's a couple things that we have facts of that, that, that are, I think are, are worth noting. The first is he does not have the most uh, Twitter followers <laughs> on Twitter. He's number eight behind Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, and Barack Obama, ironically. Um, and today we just learned something amazing about Donald Trump himself. Which is what? That he has admitted that he now has tested positive for COVID-19. That's a fact. That is a fact. And and it, it's interesting because when you think about this, he had this pulpit where he was talking. He had daily briefings on COVID-19 at the beginning of the pandemic. And, you know, part of this is, yes, he has the 80 million followers. He has his Fox News and others. But he also got coverage on all of this through a multitude of other media outlets because some of his statements are are outlandish. And those outlandish statements tend to get more news coverage, right? Yeah. You know, dog bites man. All right. Right. Man bites dog gets, gets the news coverage. <laughs> so, uh, and, and we, we, we get more visceral response to that and we remember it more. And so that's part of the reason that I believe that he became, you know, the, the single biggest distractor of this. So, yeah. Okay, so we've covered the fact that Donald Trump's messages get amplified and believed, right? More so than basically any other person in the world, uh, and which is probably the, one of the reasons why he is the single biggest driver of misinformation around COVID-19. But he, did he do it for nefarious reasons, or was it just a result of his intuitive nature? Maybe, maybe we should talk about the psychology of it. Yeah, the psychology of why, right? So, so maybe Trump was just misinformed or he didn't know. I mean, it could what? be, right? What? Well, you know, I mean, it, the it's it, it's confusing information. The the recommendations are are changing from the CDC, as we said earlier. It's new. It's uncertain. So maybe he just didn't know. We do have Bob Woodward's taped confessions, basically, of Trump saying that he he downplayed it on purpose. Okay. All right. So we have that. <laughs> we also have to take into consideration that he had. A number of leading experts on infectious disease, you know, consulting with him, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks, uh, two of them, as well as the entire, uh, you know, arsenal of the United States government and all of their medical insights that he could have drawn on. Yeah. But at the same time, he was going on in, you know, he was in that news conference where he uh, was really big on hydroxychloroquine and saying, you know, that he did the regimen for 14 days and it's a miracle cure and basically recommended everybody get it. Well, and, and so part of that, so, so, why did he say that, right? And I know in that story, he talked about that he had heard about the the wonders of, of that drug from a news story the night before. 
probably right. on Fox. I don't know. But, you know, he heard it about this one woman who had contacted COVID, had all these things. She started to take hydroxychloroquine. Yes. There you go. And and she was miraculously, you know, symptoms went away and she was good. And and Trump has that type of personality. And, and many of us do, right? Where uh, all the facts and figures don't make a, make a difference, but that narrative, that story, those are things you can latch on to. Particularly, he has an intuitive nature that, uh, you know, our conversation, we talked with Eric Oliver, uh, who, who does a lot of this, and he was talking about, you know, that intuitive nature that Trump has, you know, but there are other things. He, 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 he touted Oleander and our, you know, being from Minnesota, you know, the, the founder of MyPillow, who is a big uh, Trump supporter, was one who pushed this. And so he got that information from him. He also talked about disinfectant and bleach and UV light and a number of different things that threw out in which he says, oh, I was just being sarcastic. But people believed him in the time. They can't tell that he was being sarcastic. And even if he was or wasn't, doesn't matter. Well, and he also fits the definition of a narcissist, according to the APA DSM-4, which says that uh, a narcissist is someone with pervasive pattern of grandiosity, the need for admiration, a lack of empathy, You know that they exaggerate achievements and talents. Uh, and he's frankly preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited power. You know, success, brilliance. Uh, this is pretty classic narcissistic stuff, and that's going to have an influence on how that on your worldview, on the things that you consider important, and then what you're going to retweet. Right, and so when his he's saying these things, he's focused on things that make him look good. That's part of the narcissistic personality. So you always put yourself in the best light. Having a miracle cure would be a fantastic thing and it would so stroke his ego and his his ideas of grandiosity and this idea that his government well you know we're finding these these miracle cures and it's brilliant and it all reflects back onto him so of course he is going to like those and the other part is that within that, right, truth and lies intermix. He can't necessarily tell the difference because what he's looking for is things that make him look good. And it doesn't matter if it's a truth. It doesn't matter if it's a lie. Right. That's part of that personality that they are saying things to get others to admire them and praise them and give them the accolades that they so desire. Yeah. Uh, ironically, I was watching um, a Saturday Night Live from the early 1980s. So many, many years ago, right? And guess who is it mentioned in the weekend update portion of, of the uh, SNL, but Donald Trump, and it's referring to his incredible narcissism. So this, this isn't something new. This is something that we have a lot of history in. Uh, and you, but you wonder right now if part of his motivation is just to get reelected. And, and to really just charge up his base. Right. Give his base hope, right? Yeah. I'm give- the only one who's going to be able to deliver this. Nobody else is giving you these cures. They're not even exploring them. The, it feeds into some of that conspiracy theory. The It's a hoax by the Democrats, all this different stuff. And so there is a little bit of Trump actually has coronavirus right now. A little bit of 
of irony there, right? A little bit, man. That's the maximum irony possible, I think. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be laughing. I mean, it's a serious disease, and I I, I actually don't wish him ill. Uh, no. That, that, no, we like, don't. We do not wish him ill at all. No. Um, but it is ironic that he's talking about this, and he does have it. And hopefully, as in most people that get this, uh, you know, they, they come out safe and yep. many of them don't even uh, exhibit symptoms. And so, you know, wish that he is the president and he's our president. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think we've covered all this, right. Uh, and we've touched at least on some of the most important aspects. So how about if we recap, Kurt? All right. So first a study, but done by Cornell university explored over 38 million articles on the pandemic of which 1.1 million contain misinformation. And of those roughly 38% could be tied back to president Donald Trump. This has serious consequences for the United States including potentially people dying from that misinformation. Yeah, and then we also explored three psychological factors associated with misinformation, how the conspiracy theories start and persist, and how the misinformation spreads, particularly as it relates to Donald Trump and the messenger effect. And finally, the psychology behind why President Trump spreads these falsehoods in the first place. So conspiracy theories thrive in uncertain times and around things that people feel like they don't have control over. COVID-19 fits this to a T. People who believe in magical thinking uh, are more prone to believe conspiracy theories, but it is important to understand that while there might be nefarious actors out there, many people truly believe that these conspiracies uh, to help make sense of their world. And so there's that component of, of the population. So being the president of the United States gives Donald Trump uh, the bully pulpit to spread his ideas. I mean, he's got 80 million Twitter followers. Uh, and the news media report his words and actions. They amplify it. And he has a base that is diehard, uh, full of supporters who believe every word that he says. And this messenger effect creates a lack of critical thinking or of skepticism that could prevent any spread of incorrect information. Finally, we're not sure if Donald Trump just didn't know what he was saying was wrong or if his narcissistic personality drove him to say these things because it satisfied his need for admiration and for his uh, feeling of brilliant, satisfying his ego. While he had many experts around him to help him, he discounts those insights instinctually and pays more attention to people who give him praise on Twitter or on Fox News. Yeah, well, that wraps up this edition. We hope you've enjoyed the episode, and it is our pleasure to share these thoughts and ideas with you, and we hope that you enjoyed this and found it useful. If you did like it, please share it with a friend, mention us on social media, or leave us a review on Apple or whichever pod service you use. Right now, we hope you go out and find your groove this week. 